invest in professional development for your entire organization, boost its potential, and see it grow. Choose Docebo, the world's most powerful platform for corporate learning. Learn more at docebo.com. Saloon brawls are always preceded by an apparent calm. The barman is busy, or at least he pretends to be. Everyone seems to be focusing on their drinks. The piano player taps out the same old tune. Only an expert can see the tension behind the poker faces. Only he can see the fingers twitching, ready to draw. Only he knows which faction each stone face belongs to. And then, hell breaks loose. In just a moment, a sudden earthquake, but the telltale signs were all there. Slow, invisible, relentless movements. The latest earthquake to shake Silicon Valley took place a few weeks ago, on Friday 17th, November 2023. The epicenter was 601 Mission Street, San Francisco, the OpenAI headquarters. OpenAI is the company that developed ChatGPT. It's the pioneer's company that everybody looks to when it comes to cutting-edge artificial intelligence. It started out as a non-profit research lab at the end of 2022, and in just a few months it's become a potential gold mine, and Microsoft owns 49% of it. On Friday the 17th of November, the board of OpenAI forced Sam Altman, the CEO and founder, to step down. Rumors say the execution was lightning fast. Just a few minutes on an online meeting. It would seem the final act in a power struggle, the culmination of brewing hostilities between opposing factions on the board. But on the 21st of November, just four days after, Sam Altman was reinstated. A sudden coup followed by a lightning comeback. So, was this all a joke? Did everything go back to normal? Not exactly. We shouldn't be dazzled by the crown, as it's placed back on the king's head. Instead, we need to look downwards. Two faces are missing on the new OpenAI board, and one face is new. A well-known face. From back in the 90s, almost an apparent intruder. It's the face of Lawrence Summers. He's the man that suddenly walked into the saloon in a suit and tie. He stepped in and the brawl ended. Even the piano player stopped, if just for a moment. I am Guido Brera and you're listening to Black Box, the hidden side of finance. A podcast by Coda Media, sponsored by Docebo. Who is Larry Summers? And how did he end up with the young adventurers of the OpenAI board? First of all, let's take a look at the map. There's about 3,000 miles from the OpenAI headquarters in San Francisco to New Haven in Connecticut. It's a coast-to-coast drive, from the Pacific to the Atlantic. Lawrence Henry Summers, Larry for friends, was born in New Haven on the 30th of November, 1954. His birthday coincides with that of ChatGPT, 
which was first launched on the 30th of November 2022. Summer's resume is a roadmap of America's recent history and that of the Western world as a whole. Son of economists, nephew to two winners of the Nobel Prize for Economics, he studies at the Boston MIT and receives a doctorate from Harvard, where he starts a brilliant career as a researcher. In 1991, he leaves those gorgeous brick stone buildings and moves to Washington, where he's just been nominated as chief economist for the World Bank. The Berlin Wall has just fallen, the Soviet Union is collapsing, and with it, the whole world balance built on two poles. From his office, Larry pushes those third world countries with debt to follow austerity policies. After all, debts must be honored no matter the cost. Two years later, in 1993, Bill Clinton becomes president of the United States, a Democrat in the White House after three Republican terms. Larry Summers is on the Clinton train as well, and he has a first-class ticket. First undersecretary to internal affairs, then up and up to the top of the Treasury Department. Summers is the alchemist behind the USA economic medicine. He stirs and mixes and blends democratic solutions with Republican ideas. He's a pragmatist who knows how to adapt to each situation and how to follow the times. He's the perfect incarnation of a radical centrist. After the experience with Clinton, Summers becomes the dean of Harvard, consultant to Andreessen Horowitz, the powerful venture capital fund, partner to a hedge fund, and he'll also carve an important role for himself in the Obama administration. For over 30 years, Summer has been the mastermind behind American capitalism. The regulator of complex balances, the horse whisperer to the wild steeds of change. It's Larry Summers who suggests repealing the Glass-Steagall Act, a 1933 banking act to separate commercial and investment banking, to avoid another Black Thursday like that of 29. The repeal takes place during Clinton's second term, and it brings about a domino effect of unbridled bank deregulation, slow at first, then suddenly out of control, before dragging down the whole world in the 2008 banking crisis. Many people are seriously hurt by this. Not Summers, though. He stays right where he is, unflinching as he's always been. Lawrence Summers is pure Western order, still standing as everything crashes around. It's December 2020, during the height of the pandemic. There's that name again, Larry Summers, this time on a paper of about 50 pages, co-signed with Jason Furman. The title, A Reconsideration of Fiscal Policy in the Era of Low Interest Rates. The title may seem harmless, but it's actually a bomb ready to go off. Larry Summers is back, and he's tracking a clear line between then and now. Page after page, line after line, he attacks all the dogmas of the last few decades' economic and fiscal policies. Policy that he himself helped put in place. The heart of which is the ratio between debt and GDP. Because it's true that growth rates have dropped in the last 15 years, but so have interest rates. 
they've literally fallen below zero. The gap between the two has grown in all G7 economies. In other words, if that gap increases, the projected GDP will grow more than debt, which will keep it sustainable. So here we are, no more Maastricht treaties with their rigid parameters, their spending caps, and their schematic planning. The policies and ideologies that guided economics until now are no longer sacred, nor untouchable. Furman and Summers are pushing against neoliberal orthodoxy. If a country has a high level of debt, as well as GDP, all it needs to do is take on more debt. As long as the debt generates public investment, of course, with returns on the GDP higher than the interest rates of the debt, it's as if there's a ghost in those pages, the ghost of John Maynard Keynes. Could it be time for a new New Deal? Revolution and restoration, restoration and revolution, and so on. So, back to the saloon, back to the OpenAI headquarters. Two opposite factions were facing off for a while. On one side, the tech optimists, they believe that technology needs to be left free to grow without any limitation. On the other side, the tech critics, the skeptics, the ones worried about the existential risks of unrestrained artificial intelligence on both society and humanity. This is also a reflection of another conflict the non-profit and for-profit souls of OpenAI. The brawl was inevitable, and it broke out. Sam Altman stepped down. He ran back home to Microsoft, the largest shareholder of his baby. Then, four days later, he was back on the throne and stronger than ever. Meanwhile, two faces have vanished from the OpenAI board. Two female faces, those of Helen Toner and Tasha McCauley, both tech critics and both worried about the ethical issues involved in AI advancement. It seems that the board is no longer balanced and the techno-optimists have taken over almost entirely. And suddenly, here's the face of Larry Summers, the counterweight, the man from Washington, the symbol of political power, the shapeshifter, the tightrope walker, the perfect guarantor, Ladies and gentlemen, the brawl is over. Don't shoot the piano player. Let the music go on. The same music as always. Conservation. Black Box is a Cora News podcast produced by Cora Media and sponsored by Docebo. Written by Guido Brera with I Diaboli. Editorial supervision by Francesca Milano. Intro and sound design by Luca Micheli. Editing and post-production by Luca Micheli and Emanuele Moscatelli. Production organization by Alex Pederengo. <laughs>